Hello, I am Sophie. This is my show called Six of Spades, and today I am going to be talking about the origin of sugar and where it's gone, where it's going, all that. And before I start, I should say this is going to be my last show before summer, which is crazy. And this year, I think I've done a total of twenty-seven shows, which is just insane to think about.、Um, but just getting right into the episode. So, sugar is the world's third most valuable crop. And it's also what many would credit as the main provider to the obesity epidemic in America, as well as the riser for other illnesses, including cancer, heart disease, and diabetes. But the real question is, how did it get to the point where it is today, becoming such a major pillar in America's food sources and honestly just societal villain? So sugar is in three fourths of the more than six hundred thousand items that are in most grocery stores, and what makes it able to just be able to hide in plain sight is, first of all, the incredibly large amount of names that it goes by. For example, a few that you may not know are muscovado, barley malt, and then of course high fructose corn syrup, and which can make it seem. Like it would just be easy to see if they added sugars in your food. It's just if you learn what the names are and then being able to see them in a list of ingredients. But what makes it so much harder than expected is when, first of all, there's just a long list of ingredients that can just be hard to find it overall. And then when there's multiple of these variations of sugars, and most of these I should mention are chemically similar or very chemically similar. So when you actually add up all these different types together. It can be one of the. Well, there can be way more sugar than you expected. It can be one of the top ingredients, which they can get away with by doing multiple different types of sugars. So that's just one of the very interesting things I found in my research for this topic.、Uh, but going back to basically the beginning of time, physiology actually grew on a diet with practically no sugar at all, and actually no refined carbs either, which is just really interesting and obviously very different than what we have today. So sugar was actually just a crop used to fatten pigs. So if you look to how long ago that was, obviously, and just how different it is from diets today, it just shows how strange and how weird it is that humans are able to adapt to just live off of basically different, completely different diets. And to where the point it is today in America and I guess I would say the world mainly,、um, sugar addiction. It there's not really a quick fix solution to undo. How deeply invested it really is into our society and just everyday life, mainly starting due with its convenience and just how perfectly all the boxes sugar fills for just being a good additive for everything.、Um, but before I go further, I should probably distinguish the difference between glucose and fructose because those are very commonly used、uh, interchangeably, but they are not. So starting with glucose, which is The best source of energy on Earth for practically all living organisms, as it can be metabolized by every organ in the body, which is really interesting. And then fructose, on the other hand, is metabolized mainly by the liver. And when you have too much fructose, the excess is then converted to fat. And one thing that's also interesting is for fruits and vegetables, fructose obviously occurs naturally. It's just the natural sugars you hear about in fruits and vegetables. So you would think that oh, if you have an excess of fruits and vegetables, you're going to get fat from it because of the extra sugars. But if you have an excess of fructose from eating a bunch of fresh fruits and vegetables, it will not be converted to fat because the fibers in fruits and vegetables slows its absorption, which is really interesting as well. 
Um, but back to the reason that sugar is so commonly used and so convenient to work with. Well, starting with number one, it is a natural preservative and it will never evaporate or spoil. So when it is added to foods, they're going to last a lot longer. And this also means that they can be sent long distances, which basically just means that it can be farmed and produced somewhere really cheap and then transported to America to be sold. And because what I mentioned before of how it won't spoil or evaporate, that can be incredibly convenient. And okay, this is also why in your pantry sugar never goes bad or a lot of just sugary um, foods or candies have like insanely long shelf life. So like, I think Twinkies is something crazy. It's like 350 years or something insane like that. How they can just be on the shelf for an insanely long time and not go bad or anything. That's all because of sugar. And so from all these factors, they are obviously going to be cheaper or foods with added sugars are going to be cheaper just because of all everything I said before. And this almost ensues a sort of paradox I found. So people who are in poverty uh, would be easily able to access more unhealthy foods because they are cheaper, but they can't just buy healthier foods because they're going to be more expensive because they don't have those added sugars. So they're going to have shorter shelf life. So that means that there's going to be a lot less products bought and sold, obviously making them more expensive. And then together they just make up that paradox. So you can't just start suddenly buying more expensive or more healthier foods because they're more expensive because then you would start losing your money. But then if you're losing your money, you can't buy the healthier foods. So they just go hand in hand. They can't change unless the other does. So and this obviously will not change unless an outside factor affects it. And I know, of course, there are a lot of bills and legislations that have been trying to be passed, trying to fix this issue, but there really aren't any quick fix solutions to end just the excess use of sugar and obviously solve all the problems that are being brought with it. But there are a few that some believe could aid the growing issue. First one is a sugar tax. And in the end, all most business people really want or care about is income and profits and monies. So by adding a sugar tax, brands would be far less inclined to add sugar to their products and honestly probably even willing to research further alternatives to it, which of course probably wouldn't be healthier than sugar, just another way to get better profits. Uh, but moving on, another one would be just to inform the public of all the downsides to added sugar or just how many unknown sugar additives can be in the foods that they eat every day. But either way, would humans still have the willpower to cut out just a piece of their diet that's become so incredibly prominent? Even though, of course, we've seen from the past that humans can live without this almost newer added sugar that's so common in Americans and people around the world's diets. Personally, I think that there are just too many aspects to the problem, honestly, for there to be a solution in even the next 10 years, probably. And the only way that to solve this problem is just to make it a slow process. But even then, while an excess of sugar is ultimately bad for humans, it does greatly benefit the economy. So would lawmakers really even be driven to put an end to the growing issue? Well, I'll leave you to think about that one as this episode is coming to a close. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to what I believe is my last episode before summer break. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to Six of Spades. This is KMIH 889 The Bridge. <laughs>